The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This is the Business Locker Room Show with Kelly Riggs. In business, you have to play to win. You need an edge. You'll find that edge in the business locker room. Hey, business is like sports, and I want to bring the locker room to the boardroom. Giving you the playbook and the coaching you need to improve your business performance. With compelling interviews, cutting-edge business tactics and ideas, and the X's and O's segment with Miles Austin. I welcome in my good friend, Miles Austin. Welcome to the business locker room. Now... Here is your host, Kelly Riggs. Hey, and welcome everybody. Great to have you on board. Welcome to Biz Locker Radio. We do it each and every Monday, 3 p.m. Central Standard Time. Great to have you on board. Of course, we are on Blab as well. Unfortunately, my guest today can't join me on Blab, but Miles Austin will be along later in the show. We'll do the X's and O's segment. By the way, if you're interested in webinars whatsoever, stick around at 40 after the hour. Miles will join us and we'll talk about Webinar Jam and he is the guy, the expert. You're going to want to be a part of what we're doing. But welcome, welcome to Business Locker Radio. Biz Locker Radio, we call it, is presented by the Business Locker Room and by our good friends at Rehearsal VRP, a video-based practice platform that gives your team a safe place to develop their communication skills. Find them at Rehearsal.com. We'll come back and talk more about them later. Biz Locker Radio, the weekly show with compelling conversations and useful content that you can use to impact your business today. Whether you own a company, sell a product, manage a department, lead a team, this is definitely the show for you. We have experts in sales and marketing and social media and so much more, including leadership and business strategy. I have a leadership expert on with me today. In just a few moments, I'll be joined by my guest, the author of The Seven Disciplines of a Leader. His name is Jeff Wolf. And we'll get into leadership and some practical things that you can do to impact your leadership. Biz Locker Radio. Find us online at bizlockerradio.com. And I'm your host. I'm Kelly Riggs. I talked about Miles Austin. He'll join us later. And by the way, do what I do. Go on iTunes. Subscribe to the podcast. This is episode number 84. Title of this episode, Leadership in a Crisis. Jeff Wolf will be my guest. But we have got all of these incredible episodes archived on iTunes as a podcast. Subscribe to the podcast, download them, listen to them in your car, in the office, daily commutes if you're traveling. Lots of incredible content, things that you can use on a daily basis. And you want to make sure you access some of those things. Well, we've got a fantastic show lined up for you today. But let me tell you a little bit about what's coming down uh, the road just a little bit. A lot of great things happening as we move forward. Next week, Anthony Iannarino will join us. And he's got a brand new book. If you know anything about sales and you're on social media at all, go find the sales blog. That's where you'll find Anthony, one of the uh, real leading edge, cutting edge experts on the sales side. He's going to join us next week. We'll talk sales. We'll talk about his brand new book as well. And then the week after that, more good stuff. Jason Jordan will join us. He's the author of Cracking the Sales 
management code, and I cannot wait to get him on board and talk sales management as well. Well, in today's show, we're joined by Jeff Wolf, and his book is, let me show you on Blab. I've got it here somewhere. Oh, here it is, Seven Disciplines of a Leader. You're going to want to grab a copy of it, How to Help Your People, Your Team, and Your Organization Achieve Maximum Effectiveness. A lot of practical material in here, not just one of those theoretical, philosophical kind of leadership books. A lot of great stuff. Really highly recommend it. We're going to get some of that as we move along. But tell you a little bit about Jeff and Jeff's background. He is one of the foremost executive business coaches in the country. The Leadership Excellence Magazine has named him one of the top 100 thought leaders. He's got three offices across the country. Not only has he written this book, but his first book was called Roadmap to Success, and he co-wrote that with guys Ken Blanchard and Stephen Covey. Now, anyway you slice it, that's a pretty good crew to be writing a book with, and we're happy to invite him into the show today. Jeff, great to have you on board, man. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Kelly, it's great to be here. Well, it is great to have you, my friend, and uh, I really have enjoyed your book, and uh, I think you're coming to us from sunny San Diego right now. I'm in Tulsa. It's warmed up a little bit. It was in the teens over the weekend, but you never have to struggle with weather, do you? No, we don't have to struggle with weather out here. Every once in a while, we get a little <laughs> rain, but that's about it. Yeah, but uh, your former home of Chicago wasn't quite as <laughs> quite as good, was it? Well, you know, Kelly, I spent my entire career there, and all of a sudden one day I had an epiphany, and I said, what am I doing in this miserable cold weather, as much as I love <laughs> Chicago? And I said, where can I go where it's warm all the time? And San Diego was the, was the place of choice. Costa Rica, of course, was your, was your first choice. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, yeah, but we wound up in San Diego. Well, I, I read across Jeff and his book, and, I'm, and it's really great to have him in. And uh, the interesting thing about uh, that I, I want to dive right into is tell me a little bit about the experience with uh, Ken Blanchard and Stephen Covey when you wrote the, the first book, Roadmap to Success. Well, we just wrote the book. We each wrote uh, a little chapter in there and had it published, and uh, it went very well. Yeah, when did that? When was that released? By the way, it's been some time. Oh God, I bet it was about five or six years ago. Five or six years ago. Of course, we've lost Stephen Covey now, unfortunately, sadly. A real, real, real big fan of his, as most people are. And you were fortunate enough to interact with him. By the way, if you're joining us on Blab, you won't see Jeff on Blab, sadly. Uh, I, I hate to say it, but uh, he he is he's got a little bit of a, a technical issue that we were never able to quite work through. Uh, and so it's one of those ongoing things that we, we get to. Later on the show, Miles Austin will join us. Well, let's dive into the book, Seven Disciplines of a Leader. Fantastic uh, uh, book so far, and I'm, I'm most of the way through it. But the first question I want to ask you is, you, you allude to in many, many pieces of the book, certainly getting right out of the chute, you talk about the fact that leadership has changed, it's evolved, things are different now. Describe for us some of the ways in which you see leadership having changed dramatically over the course of the last decade. Well, I think the biggest thing is is that we've gone from command and control to a more coaching and softer skills base. Uh, it used to be my way or the highway, and those things don't work anymore. People realize now that uh, you can catch more bees with honey. So it's really a coaching mentality that leaders have to use today. It's, it's a lot of teachable moments. It's a lot of questioning, a lot of coaching, uh, a lot of holding people accountable. And I think that's probably the biggest changes that I've seen uh, over the last 10 or 15 years that I've been doing this. You know, my sense is is that you're talking a lot about awareness 
and, and a lot about people's awareness of what works because in, in my personal experience working with leaders as well in similar ways that you do, many times uh, the whole command and control or do it the way I tell you to do it or just practically untrained leader seems to me to be much more the rule now still even though the awareness has increased dramatically. Is that, is that fair? Uh, I would say so, yeah. You know, when you when you look at when you look at leaders that get promoted to where they get to, Jeff, because they're very good at what they do, and uh, they, they get things done. Suddenly, they put in a position to be responsible for a team and a group of people and to be an effective leader. How, how do you go about the process of of educating those new leaders and how to take on that job responsibly? Well, you know, the, you bring up a very interesting point. First of all, in, in today's workforce, what we're finding is people with great technical skills get promoted, but yet they lack those leadership skills. Sure. And a lot of organizations really set them up to fail. For example, uh, you know, let's take a salesperson because I know you do, do a lot of work in the sales uh, arena. You know, you have your great salesperson out there that is head and shoulders above everybody else. They're just killing it out there. And all of a sudden, a managerial position opens up and uh, the powers to be say, you know what, I think Jeff would make a great sales manager because he's one of our top sales people. And all of a sudden, they put me in that position and say, okay, go lead. And they don't give me the skills. And a lot of the skills that I have might have as a salesperson might not necessarily uh, transcend to a, uh, a leadership position. Because yeah. leaders today have to really spend the time on the soft skills of leadership. Yeah, and it's interesting when you think about what you just said. If I got promoted, Jeff, because I'm good at what I do, then typically I suspect that you want me to do more of that once you have promoted me, right? I mean, it's a pretty natural thought process. Exactly, and it might not relate towards leadership because, again, going back to sales, salespeople are usually driven. Uh, it's usually, you know, they're concerned about themselves. Now, all of a sudden, they have to be concerned about a team and other people. You can find Jeff Wolf, by the way, at wolfmotivation.com. Make sure you follow him on Twitter, Wolf Management One is where you'll find him on Twitter. And again, let me show you the book uh, if you're following us on Blab, Seven Disciplines of a Leader, How to Help Your People, Team, and Organization Achieve Maximum Effectiveness. Got a couple of questions coming online on Blab we'll get to in just a bit. But it's really interesting because not only has people's perceptions of leadership changed, Jeff, I, my suspicion is, is that maybe a change in generations has impacted that to some degree, or it's just another aspect of the way that leaders have to change. Kind of interested in how you look at that. Digital natives or millennials or whatever we want to call them, really having a dramatic impact on the, on the way organization leaders operate, don't you think? Well, yeah, there's no question about it. Uh, in the next five or ten years, uh, the millennials will be the largest population in the workforce, and they're coming on very quickly. And right now what we're having is a real transition in the workforce. You have your baby boomers who were born between 46 and 64, your Gen X who fall in between these, this group, and 65 and 80, and then you have your millennials on the tail end, which are born between 1980 and 2000. And what's happening is the baby boomers are really starting to transition out. And we're seeing more and more Gen X, and particularly millennials, the Gen Y, coming in and replacing them. And there's a real dichotomy because uh, their values, and uh, like any generation, are a little bit different than the one before that. So it really creates a little bit of a problem in the workforce. 
And those people that, and I'm one of them, I love it. I love the diversity in the workforce today because you have the older generation, the younger generation, new ideas, technology, creative. I think it's a great place to be in the workforce today, having all of these different generations. But it does create a little bit of a problem because the values are a little bit different. Yeah, no question about it. Qu- question for you and your experience, and I know that you've got a number of people that do what you do. You have a very large organization. In your experience, who has a more difficult time in transition? Is it the new millennial into an organization that's led by a baby boomer, or is it the baby boomer leader who has more trouble with the millennial and adapting to them? That's an interesting question, and and I look at it from both perspectives. I think they both have some problems there. Sure. Number one, the millennials. When you think about the millennials, you know they've grown up believing that participation is the most important thing. It's not winning or losing, and they've been praised and recognized their entire life for just participation. And now they're moving into the workforce with a lot of different ideas and. Their boss comes to them and says, you know what, that project, you've done that wrong. And all of a sudden, they lose it because nobody's ever told them they've done anything wrong before. And on the other side of the coin, you have your baby boomers who, you know, that work ethic was a lot different. It was get in the office by 7 o'clock in the morning and work, work, work till the job got done, whereas your millennials now really believe in work-life balance. They've seen what their parents have gone through, you know, with divorces and things of that nature, and they really value their free time and really put things in perspective from work-life balance. So I think you have to find a happy medium to work with one another. And one of the, one of the things that I really love to do is to match them up in the workforce. Match a baby boomer up with a millennial. And what yeah. happens? That's an interesting concept. I mean, really, uh, you're kind of putting uh, war, warring factions together. But I guess that's really the only way that you can make any progress is is, is try to get them to understand a little bit of, of each other. You know, Jeff, before you continue with that thought, I want to say, you know, I've got a son that's uh, in the workforce, has been for a while. He's a millennial. He kind of bristles at some of those ideas that, you know, we were coddled as kids and participation trophies and all that. But he grew up in, in in my household, and he didn't he didn't experience those things. Clearly, there are exceptions to that rule, but uh, I, I think it's a rule because, generally speaking, there is an awful lot of that out there, isn't there? I mean, there's just an awful lot of people who feel uh, when they get criticized that you're actually attacking them personally because they're just not used to it at all. That's correct, and that's where the leaders have to really spend the time coaching and mentoring. Uh, one of the things that millennials want the most in the workforce is to be coached and mentored. And I think that those leaders who can do that are going to find a lot of value from the millennials because they bring a lot to the table. No technologically, they're technologically savvy. They have all kinds of creative ideas. When they don't know something, they go and look it up on, you know, on, on the web. Um, it, 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 it's, it's a great, great group of people. Hey, a million-dollar bill asked on Blab. He asked the question, would you value promoting uh, someone with good soft skills over someone uh, with good technical skills? What are your thoughts? Well, I'm, I'm a firm believer that uh, soft skills are the winners in today's workforce today. I would promote people with a great, great soft skills because soft skills oftentimes are hard to teach. Technical skills, you can learn those. But I think the soft skills, you know, how do you relate to people? How do you praise people? How do you catch people doing something right? Those skills are, are a key factor in the workforce today. 
Yeah, absolutely. But how do you answer the criticism to that, Jeff? Someone might say, "Well, great, you're gonna you're gonna hand me some uh, fluffy manager who uh, we all hold hands and sing kumbaya, and we feel better about ourselves." Meantime, he doesn't have the technical chops to help me do my job as well as I need to do it. Therefore, it, it, I'm losing something in translation. How, how do you how do you respond to that? Well, you have to you have to have a combination of both, and the person you put in that position not only has to have the good soft skills, but they also have to have some knowledge so they can. Can lead, but a lot of times leaders don't have all the answers. Leaders have people around them and have people around them that are really great people to help them. Uh, I don't think there's a leader out there that has every answer to every question. <laughs> well, I know some that think they do. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it's interesting stuff. Jeff Wolf, you can find him at wolfmotivation.com. You're joining us again on Blab. Seven Disciplines of the Leader is a book, fantastic book, how to help your people, team, and organization achieve maximum, maximum effectiveness. After the break, we'll come back and talk more with Jeff about some very specific practices. In the book, not only does he have the seven disciplines of a leader, but he also has the 11 practices that you can actually put into play and actually make a difference. So we're going to take a timeout just a little bit in front of our regular timeout. Give us a little bit more on the backside. You're listening to BizLocker Radio. I'm Kelly Riggs. I'm your host. We'll be right back after this. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Kelly Riggs is an author, a highly acclaimed speaker, and a sales strategist and leadership coach. Now in his ninth year as founder and president of the Business Locker Room, Kelly has written two books, One-on-One Management, What Every Great Manager Knows That You Don't, and Quit Whining and Start Selling, a step-by-step guide to a Hall of Fame career in sales. Both are available on Amazon or at bizlockerroom.com. For more information on hiring this two-time National Salesperson of the Year to speak at your next event or to train your leadership team, visit bizlockerroom.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. Hi, I'm John Spence, one of the top 100 business thought leaders in the world, and you're listening to the Business Locker Room with Kelly Riggs. Hey, welcome to Biz Locker Radio. Great to have you on board. John Spence, one of my favorite people. I've had him on the show a couple of times. Dude wrote a phenomenal book called Awesomely Simple. One of the smartest guys uh, that I know in the business world in terms of strategy, business strategy, and a lot of related things. We'll hear his name again later in the show, by the way. Miles Austin, when he joins us at 40 after the hour for the X's and O's segment, we're going to talk about a virtual sales kickoff event that's coming up very soon. Miles is in that. So is uh, John Spence. It'll be good stuff. My uh, guest, as we continue our conversation, is Jeff Wolf. We're talking about his brand new book, Seven Disciplines of a Leader. And by the way, he wrote another book with a couple of 
really powerful heavyweights, Ken Blanchard and Stephen Covey. It's called Roadmap to Success. Hey, inside the book, Jeff, welcome back, by the way. Inside the book, uh, you not only talk about seven disciplines, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to touch on a couple of those, but you also get into very specific practices, and I love, love, love that part, and that's really a good part for the show as well. But in discipline number two, you talk about vision and strategy and alignment, and, and I know that those are three areas in my experience working with leadership teams that they often don't spend nearly as much time as they should, and I'm, I'm certain that's probably your experience as well. It is, and having a vision is so important because leaders have to have a compelling, inspiring vision. And if they, if they want to take their team to a much higher level and achieve the goals and the standards that they set up, they have to communicate it in a way that everybody understands it. And then they have to align the people, their vision, the system to achieve that strategy for success. So having a vision is important. I don't know how many times I've worked with executives at all levels who just can't create that vision to inspire and motivate people, to paint that picture of where you want to go, how you want to get there, and then making them understand what their role is to help you get there and get them excited. You know, it's really interesting too, Jeff, because without a compelling vision, I mean, you're actually hiring people to do nothing more than serve in a functional capacity. The, ergo, you get functionaries. You don't get people that are passionate about what they do. And then business leaders or corporate executives sit back and scratch their heads and they, and they wonder, why can't we get people to produce better work or to be more passionate about what they do? But it really it begins and ends with that first process, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. Yeah, it, it's, it's really interesting. There's a lot of literature out there about Simon Sinek, for example, starting with why and other things like that. That's really critically important. But I, I, I want to ask you a question. I have found in my experience, and I, I just hope it's me, but, but it seems to me that it's getting harder and harder to find people who really want to go to war. I mean, they want to compete. They're here to win. They want to be great at something that they're doing. But uh, I, at first, I want to see if you have the same experience. And secondly, my suspicion is that's a leadership issue as well. Well, I think a lot of it is a leadership issue. You know, people want to follow, you know, when you think about leaders, people want to follow leaders because they want to. And they're excited about it. And I think one of the problems we have in, in business today is that we're so caught up in doing the quote-unquote things that we forget about the people side of it. And yeah. that's really I focused on the book is on the people side of it. Because you can have the greatest strategy in the world. You can have the greatest vision in the world. But if you don't have the people that are behind you that are going to follow you, you can't execute. And when you think about execution, every single time you read about a CEO, a president, or somebody that's let go, they always say, well, he or she wasn't able to execute, so we had to let him go. I mean, I think in the sports world is a perfect example of people skills. Uh, just look what happened in Philadelphia with Chip Kelly. Sure. Chip Kelly was innovative. He brought in, you know, he brought in this new concept. He was trying to change things and tweak things, but he forgot about one important thing, <laughs> those soft skills and the people skills, and working with your players to understand them, to find out what makes them tick, the personal side of it. So look what happened. You know, he fell apart his third season, and he was let go. Now, hopefully, he's learned something from it, and the next stop where he goes, he'll change his modus operandi and get more and be more on the people side and working with his people. 
Yeah, Jeff Wolf is my guest. He's the author of Seven Disciplines of a Leader. You gotta love when the guest comes on and plays to the audience of the show. Yeah, it's the business locker room, and we get this sports analogy. I love it, Jeff. Hey, the other thing that happened over the weekend that really struck me from a from that aspect of things, from a sports aspect of things, is I you may have noticed uh, the Bengals and the way they lost to Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, they had a great defense. They've got a good quarterback, uh, actually playing with a number two quarterback that was more than serviceable. But they, they had the game won, had it absolutely won, and it was just some really bad decisions very, very late in the game that come down to the kind of people you have on your team and the kind of discipline that you have on your team. But those things all start with a leader, too. A lot of the commentary today is about Marvin Lewis, the coach, and how it could possibly cost him his job because he's just not controlled the locker room as well as he should. Is, is that something we can apply to the corporate arena as well? Oh, I definitely think so. Uh, I'm a former basketball coach, as we talked about prior, and one of the things that I always made sure of was to make sure that from a perspective of their emotions and psychologically, they keep their you know they keep their emotions in check because once you lose your emotional state, whether it be in business and sports or whatever, you're going to make a lot of mistakes, foolish mistakes that is going to cost you the game, as the case for Cincinnati, and will cost you a sale or a problem with leadership or a problem in your organization that can cost you a lot of money. Uh, and yeah, I think you have to take a long hard look at Marvin Lewis. I think Marvin Lewis is a great coach. I think he's great with people. I think he's great with his players. I think he's great with the X's and O's. But when things like that happen on a, on a you know, continuous basis, you have to look at the person in charge and say, hey, like you said, do I have control of the locker room? It's, it's really one of the, the biggest challenges that, that is faced in the NFL. I'm sure it's true at the high corporate levels as well, is how do you balance what they bring to the table in terms of revenue value or however you measure that value versus the kinds of problems that they bring with them. You know, many times in the NFL, we're willing to put up with a quote-unquote bad citizen because he or sometimes she is a phenomenal athlete, phenomenal player. And uh, that's one of those decisions that the leaders got to make, Jeff. I, I come down in your camp. I'd rather have the good citizen. Uh, I think you can find both, but there are a lot of people uh, when their job is on the line, they're they're willing to to really move the line a little bit. Yeah, and that's one of the things you can never do, whether it be in sports or in business. You can't push that line. You can only take it so far and not go any further. And I and I think it's important that uh, organizations understand that. And when they look to hire people, they hire people from you know we talk about IQ will get you the job, but EQ or emotional intelligence will get you. You know, promoted. And that goes back to emotional intelligence. It's that ability to think on your feet. It's that ability to have empathy. It's also the ability to do what's right and what's wrong. Right. Alex has a question for us on Blab. Let me read it to you. He says, it seems that your conversation about people skills and EQ, he says, this seems to be the new wave of leadership understanding. A lot of great minds pioneering that movement. His question is this, why does it seem slow to be slow to be adopted by, by companies and leaders? What are some of the barriers that you're seeing uh, for leaders in adopting this new discipline and this kind of approach that you've outlined in your new book? Well, I think one of the things is people are used to doing things the way that they've been doing them. And change, and I've alluded to this in the book, is something that's very difficult for people. As a leader, you're used to doing things the way you've been doing them, and all of a sudden, you know, you're moving into a new arena with new people, new employees, or I should say different employees than you had maybe five or ten years ago, and it's very difficult to change. And those leaders who can make the change 
away from the command and control and over to the soft skill area are going to be the ones that succeed and succeed the most. And it's just something that has to be done. If you don't, you're not going to be very successful as a leader. You're going to lose your people. Yeah, and you, you, you talk about the whole aspect of change. Uh, you know, I, I'm reminded of uh, the Jim Collins legendary book, Good to Great. The very first line in that book, he says, good is the enemy of great. Sometimes, Jeff, it just seems to be hard to get people to be aware or to uh, implement change in their own leadership style because they're pretty good at it or they've been very successful in the past. But I think the reality and one of the things I take away from your book is if you don't have the ability to adapt and adopt new practices, you're soon going to be irrelevant. You think that's a pretty fair uh, way of looking at it? Well, I, I agree. Nothing's permanent. And, you know, things cha- change and things change for the best. And leadership is basically being flexible. It's being adaptable and constantly improving yourself. And so it's, you know, it's kind of like we, ca- we talk about sharpening the saw and it's continuous refinement and improvement. And one of the best ways for leaders to do that is to seek feedback. Get feedback from people. Get feedback from people all around you on how you're doing. And then take that feedback and do something with it to improve. One of the things that we do in organizations today before I even start a coaching assignment is to do 360-degree feedback where you're literally going out there and getting feedback from your boss, from your peers, and from your direct reports. Taking that feedback and looking at it and say, okay, where are my gaps? Where are those things that I need to improve? Because if nobody tells you, How are you ever going to know that you're doing things wrong? Yeah, no question about that. Again, Jeff Wolf is my guest, and you want to find him online. Go to his website, Uh, wolfmotivation.com. When when you think about the many aspects of leadership, I mean, what's really strange is it's often difficult, Jeff, to even find a, a definition of leadership that everyone agrees on, and when you finally do, it's probably about three paragraphs, but I really like the way in your book you break down into some very specific disciplines and into some very specific habits as well. You have a lot to say about hiring, and in, in one of the 11 practices that you note, you say you should hire like a casting director. Tell us more about that idea. <laughs> well, you know what? You have to look at it from the standpoint of, you know, think of the movies. And you have to have the right people and put them in the right positions. If you cast wrong, your movie's not going to be successful. You can't put a, uh, let's go back into the 40s and 50s, a Cary Grant into a Mad Max movie. <laughs> uh, so, you know, you, you want to choose people very carefully You want to recruit them, you want to hire them, you want to promote them who fit your culture and the brand you're trying to achieve. And then you want to empower them. So it's really making sure that you put the right person in the right position. Oftentimes we don't do that. We look just to hire, we don't look to hire the right fit. Yeah, good. A really good point. You know, I read some research uh, not too terribly long ago that suggested executives were asked, how long is it when you hire someone when you figure out you've got either the right person or the wrong person, and the, the nature of the question was, if you got the wrong person, how long does it take you to figure it out? And, and the average uh, length of time was, was less than 30 days. I mean, most people said, I've probably got a pretty good idea uh, sometime within that uh, 30 to 30 day window whether or not it's going to go well. But the follow-up question to me was compelling, and that was this. If you've got the wrong person and you realize that, how long does it take you to make a change? And that answer was way out towards 11, 12, 13 months before people were making those kinds of decisions. 
Because of that, Jeff, and I want to ask you if you see the same kinds of things, but because of that, there seems to be a lot of lost productivity in that time period between the time you figure it out and the time you actually make a move. Why does it take people so long to make a move when they realize they've got the wrong person in the wrong chair? Well, there's a couple of reasons for that. There's ego of the leader. Uh, they look at it and said, well, I hired that person. There's no way in the world that he or she's going to fail, so I'm just going to let them ride it out and see if they make the change. Uh, another thing is, is that they, you know, they may have hired too quickly. You know, there's this old saying: you you fire fast and, and hire slowly. Uh, you know, one of the things you want to make sure if you have a position that's open in your organization, you just don't want to go out there and fill it. You want to fill it with the brightest and the best person you can, and it takes time. And then when you bring them on board, and you feel that you have the right person, you have this. You have to spend the time to onboard them. In other words, for the first thirty to sixty days, you have to make sure that you're training them. You have to make sure that you're there to answer their questions and their needs, and to be able to watch them to see how they're reacting in the position that they're in, and then making that decision. And what's interesting is, you know, you talk about going out there twelve or thirteen months. What happens with your team? They'll know right away whether that person. Is going to make it or not? Right. If you continue to bring to leave that person in a position, and your team sees that, and you're not making a move, that makes you look like a weak leader, and you lose your team. So you've right. got to make that decision as quickly as possible on whether that person's going to be the right fit or not. And you know what? In most cases, if if you determine that it's the wrong fit, it's best to just terminate because it's probably best for both people, best yeah. for the company, best for you, and more importantly, or just as importantly. For them as well. Yeah, no doubt about it. Hey, tough question here as it relates to that, and maybe difficult to answer in this sense, but let me ask it anyway. Do you think there's anything that a leader does, Jeff, that's more important than getting the right people on the team? I think getting the right people on the team is probably the most important thing. And then when you do get the right people on the team, one of the things that a lot of times is missing is praise and recognition. Yeah. You have to praise your people. You have to recognize them. You have to tell them that they're doing a good job. You have to also, though, hold them accountable. People want to be held accountable, so hold them accountable. And then when they do make a mistake and there is a problem, you bring them in, you talk to them, and you have what I call a teachable moment. And you really work with them to find out why that problem was made or what the error was by using what I call the questions, who, what, when, where, why, how, if questions. Right. And really finding out what it is, and open-ended questions will get them talking, and together you can figure out what the problem was, and then how to fix it, and then move forward. In your experience, the companies that you work with, the average company, uh, what kind of scorecard do you give those companies for hiring practices? How good or how bad are they? What kind of grade would you give them? Boy, I've seen companies that I give an A plus, and I've seen other companies that I give D's and D minuses. <laughs> it, it depends. You know, every culture is different. Every organization does things differently. But I think more and more organizations are understanding that for your company to be successful, 98% of the time, it's due to your people. And putting the right people in the right job at the right place so they do the right thing is critical. 
Yeah, it really is, Curly. It's, it's funny because I, I had a client that I worked with recently, and in this particular engagement, we're, we were doing sales training for his business development team. We got uh, we got two months, actually less than two months in, and he called me and he said, I need to put a stop to this. We're going to go on hold because what I've what has been revealed in the process of our first several meetings is I've got the wrong people. And, I mean, it really makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, what what's the use of continuing the training process if you know you've got the wrong people? I have to give that guy a tremendous amount of credit. To have the courage to you know put a stop and say, got to go get the right people first. And you know that's part of being a leader is having the courage to do yeah. something like that. It's making the hard choices and making the hard decisions, and putting everything else aside and saying what's best for our organization. Because your organization is not only yourself, but it's all the people that work there. So if you have the wrong people there, everybody else is going to suffer as well. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. Got just a couple of minutes left before we go to our final timeout. Jeff, I, I want to ask you this. You place a big emphasis on the value of people, rightly so in my estimation, and you talk about understanding the value of coaching in the 11 practices that you write about in your book. If you have a, a leader that you're working with, how do you go about teaching them how to be more effective in the coaching process? Well, we, we talk a lot about you know what is coaching. Uh, you know, and, and, and we talk about the idea that there's two types of coaching out there when you're a leader. There's the personal development and then there's the performance. And your personal development really comes into your career planning and your action planning. And then your performance is giving performance feedback and then addressing those issues as they come up. And one of the things I always like to tell them, coaches don't tell people what to do or how to do it. They help them discover it on their own through that questioning process that uh, I just mentioned, the who, what, when, where, how, why, if questions. And then what we're finding is that research says leaders who coach regularly have an increase in productivity. And 65, I think the last statistic I saw was 65% of employees who receive coaching say it improved their job satisfaction, which led to greater performance. Yeah, no question. Engagement jumps dramatically. Hey, I know you coached basketball for years. A quick question for you. How many games did you play as a coach? <laughs> didn't, didn't play a whole lot of games. I see a lot of quote-unquote coaches out there actually playing in the game. You know, they're throwing off the headset, running out on the field, and deciding to be the quarterback. So it doesn't work very well. Hey, no, it's, it's, you know, I was, I was in the old mode where I would just – I figured if, if you prepare your people for battle or you prepare them for games – they should be ready, and there's not much you can do on the sideline except a few tactical things now and then, but they should be prepared. Absolutely right. My favorite uh, saying is, real coaches, the good ones, they make their money at halftime. Somebody, somebody's got to make adjustments, right? They'll exactly. Make adjustments. Yep. Hey, it's been fantastic to have you on board. Again, if you're joining me on Blab, there's a copy of the book. It's by Jeff Wolf. It's called Seven Disciplines of a Leader, How to Help Your People, Your Team, and Your Organization Achieve Maximum Effectiveness. Really highly recommend you grab a copy. Also really highly recommend that you find Jeff online at wolfmotivation.com. Jeff, really appreciate it, man. Thanks for taking some time. Hey, Kelly, it's been a pleasure to be with you. Uh, have a great day. I appreciate that very much. All right, we're going to take our final time out. And we'll come back on the other side. We'll be joined by my good friend, Miles Austin. He's feeling good after the weekend. The Seahawks kind of skipped out of town with a win they didn't deserve. Did I say that? Well, they've played good enough to get there, and uh, they took advantage of the breaks. But uh, we're going to talk about a brand-new 
tool, or not a brand new tool, it's new to, new to us, if you've never heard about it, Webinar Jam. And if you're interested in doing webinars and doing them right, Miles Austin is the guy that's going to show you how to do it. Hey, thanks for joining us. It's BizLocker Radio. I'm Kelly Riggs. We'll be right back after this timeout. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Kelly Riggs is an author, a highly acclaimed speaker, and a sales strategist and leadership coach. Now in his ninth year as founder and president of the Business Locker Room, Kelly has written two books, One-on-One Management, What Every Great Manager Knows That You Don't, and Quit Whining and Start Selling, a step-by-step guide to a Hall of Fame career in sales. Both are available on Amazon or at bizlockerroom.com. For more information on hiring this two-time National Salesperson of the Year to speak at your next event or to train your leadership team, visit bizlockerroom.com. Are you feeling slammed and suckered in today's stock market? If so, then you need to tune in to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, Jordan Kimmel will train you in what you can do to beat up the big boys on Wall Street, as well as share his secrets to success so that you can buy and sell like a profit-pumping pro. Grab the bull market by the horns and listen to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the bottom line in business talk, Voice America Business. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. This is Dan Walshman, and you're listening to the Business Locker Room Show with Kelly Riggs. com is where you'll find them. Make sure you go check those guys out. It's very, very cost effective. If you're in the sales world and you need your people to practice, and by the way, let me go ahead and answer that for you. You do need your people to practice long before they get out there and start working with your clients. Rehearsal.com is a place that will uh, help them get better at what they do. But we turn our attention, as we always do in the final segment of the show, to the X's and O's segment where we draw up a play on the chalkboard It's going to make you better at what you do. And I'm joined by my good buddy from Seattle, Miles Austin. Miles, great to have you. Thanks, Kelly. Glad to be here, bud. Hey, great to have you, man. Uh, tell me, uh, we, we won't spend a lot of time, but tell me a little bit about uh, Seattle, uh, kind of a kind of a chipper game there at the end, and I, I thought maybe uh, the Seahawks were going to get the short end. Uh, I'm not sure the short end. I thought uh, it was a, a tough game, man. When you're below, when you're eight and nine below zero at kickoff, huh. uh, it's been a lot of fun listening to the players today. After all the psych and the positioning is over, uh, I remember Richard Sherman this morning said, "I didn't know how cold it was until I realized my eyelashes were frozen." <laughs> Well, I, I got to tell you, at the end, uh, I thought it was over for you. I was already starting to think, how am I going to uh, empathize with Miles on Monday? And uh, then uh, then it happened. I mean, it always, sometimes, not always, sometimes 
sometimes it's just not as easy as it looks, especially when the ball is as hard as a bowling ball. Yeah. You know, the, the quote of the weekend for me, we have a, a ex uh, UW Husky and uh, pro quarterback up here, Brock Heward, is one of our radio guys. And he said, after the game, and they were on the after the after game show, and he goes, he asked a question that I thought was just perfect. He goes, I wonder if that's how New England felt after last year's Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I, it's perfect. I can imagine. Absolutely right. Well, hey, you've got a you've got a brand new pool, the tool to to uh, share with us, and it's something you've used. I know you've got a lot of familiarity with it. In fact, if people want to learn how to do webinars, I have always told them. Uh, you're the guy to go see because you do more than in, anybody, and you actually have one coming up. The virtual sales kickoff is a very big event. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about it? Absolutely. I'll put the link in. Virtual sales kickoff, we, this is the second year we've done this, uh, second year in a row. Uh, it's a free event because we've got three terrific sponsors. We have the Task Group, uh, Sirius Insight, and Velocified are putting their funds behind this so we can bring this to the people uh, on the webinar at no cost. And this is um, an action-packed monster of information uh, talking about how really to get the best strategies for 2016. But you've got Mike Weinberg and Mark Hunter and John Spence, one of the guests on the show, and uh, Jeb Blount, another guest on the show, uh, and myself, and I'm missing someone. There's six of us. Um, uh, and I'll put Anthony, a link here. Anthony Arino. Yeah, how can I forget? How can I Absolutely. Forget Every single one of those guys has been on this show, so uh, we know the quality of guests you're getting there. Yeah, and I'll, as I said, I'll put the link in here in a second. And, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's really a very fast pace. This is not something you want to sit back and kind of be doing other things. Turn off your phone, focus in on this. It's one hour. But what's really cool this year is we've got, for everyone that registers, two things happen. First of all, you're going to get a link to the, to the replay, which is always helpful because it goes so fast. Secondarily, you've got $500 plus of ebooks and memberships, etc., for everyone that registers. So register. I've had people tell me they wanted to to register just to get the ebooks, but you know they already didn't have time or whatever. So register, get all the ebooks. I think just to give you an example, uh, Jeb Blount has a book in there called Power Principles. You're going to get Mark Hunter is the 14 traits of great salespeople. Anthony's. Uh, uh, very understated title, How to Crush It, Kill It, and Master Cold Calling Now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He's <laughs> uh, Mr. Hyperbole, right? <laughs> yeah, really understated. Uh, Mike Weinberg, as usual, hits it right on the head with Seven Diddly Sins. Uh, John Spence, Letters to the CEO, which I found very intriguing. I work with John a lot, as you do, and, and you know, I, I, I'm learning from him all the time. But this one was really cool because it's a compilation of letters that he's written to CEOs over the years addressing different challenges and questions they came up with. And very frankly, I, my contribution to that set is I have a, a, a package of ebooks uh, called Monster Social Media Mistakes. So there's one for LinkedIn, there's one for Twitter, there's one for YouTube, and there's one for Facebook. And those are for sale right now on my web. And you get the, that package of all four for free by just registering for the event. Any truth to the rumor that I'm the guy that you use as the example of what not to do in all of those books? No, we actually use you for the best hairstyle uh, on the web. <laughs> oh, that's, that's just completely wrong. Hey, he's got the link right there on uh, Blab for you if you're joining us there. One of the values of joining us live on video, uh, we put the links up, the things that we're referring you to. You can find those there. Let's turn our attention to Webinar Jam. I know you do a lot of webinars. Tell us about this product and what does it do? 
Um, well, I think, you know, I, I hope by now everyone in business and especially in sales or marketing would agree webinars are the hottest topic and one of the hottest sources right behind email for generating prospects, generating leads, and communicating your strength and your leadership in a marketplace is webinars. And so, you know, historically there's been a couple of big players. There's either been uh, go to webinar or there's been WebEx and they've been around forever and very frankly, very old and outdated technology, but they've just been there so people use them. I still have a GoToWebinar account and I still use it for certain things. The, the challenge is, as we all know on the show and especially using Blab, video has become a very predominant play in mm-hmm. the marketplace. And so yeah. what Webinar Jam, it takes this really powerful platform called Google Hangouts and it wraps around Google Hangouts with all the things that anyone would ever dream about in marketing and sales. Things like automatic uh, conversion or addition of a registrant to your email list, um, one-click setup of landing pages and really nice graphical interface, set it and forget it email reminders and systems and autoresponders, um, automatic replay. You never have to remember to click that record button again because it's recording as soon as you hit the go live button. Replay is automatic. Replay is automatically posted up to YouTube. There's a bunch of things that this does. um, And what it really does, it kind of takes the go-to-webinar experience of a slide on your screen. Right. And you can do that still, but it really does. It brings what you're doing right now, Kelly. It brings that beautiful mug ears full screen (laughs) when you're talking to the audience. And then you can switch back and forth either to a screen, to another camera view, or to other guests that might be sharing their thoughts on your webinar. It yeah, is well, the platform we're using on Virtual Sales Kickoff, by the way. Uh, yeah, good stuff. Well, all your credibility went out the window on that last statement. If you're just joining us, Miles Austin is my guest. And if you're hearing him for the first time, I'm going to tell you, if you haven't figured it out on your own, one of the smart guys, really, really smart guys that are out there, he's a part of those six people for a reason. Six of the smartest guys you'll ever listen to in sales and business. Miles' role, uh, in addition to the sales side, is he, uh, he understands all of the tools that go into this. You're going to want to follow him at Miles Austin on Twitter. Find him at fillthefunnel.com. He's got so much material there, you'll never get through all of it. And if you want to learn one of these tools, like Webinar Jam, he's typically got the instructional videos and workbooks and all the things that go with it. So this is a tool that can take me from just a standard webinar, really supercharge the whole process and make it look a lot more produced, and do a lot better job of converting the people who are there. Am I hearing you right? Exactly right. It, 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 it's really more of a broadcast tool. I, I look at it as CNN for sales and marketing people. Love. You've got the ability to put lower thirds on. You have the ability to import graphics. You have the ability to have live offers right within your site. So when you're talking, you're sharing, and you've got an offer that you want your readers to be able to listen to, the ability for them to click right there live on the screen is built in with this tool. The other really big advantage, and very frankly, it's the one thing that as you get better and better at webinars, you're going to hit a limit. And within GoToWebinar as an example, if you pay for the full package, it's 500 bucks a month, and you're cutting off at 1,000 members. Well, we're going to have upwards of six to 10,000 people on this event for virtual sales kickoff. We simply wow. couldn't have it if we did it on GoToWebinar. So unlimited webinars, Unlimited attendees, a fixed price on an annual basis, so you're going to spend $400 for 
to buy an annual license versus with all of those benefits of unlimited and limited and limited, or you can spend five grand and get a thousand seat limit and have the ability to not do all the things you can do. Um, and yes, a million dollar bill asked the question, can I export my webinar and use it to make a movie and promo materials? Absolutely. Uh, just remember this, Bill. What happens is you've got a full MP4 video, and it's already going to be automatically uploaded to YouTube, which you can either make public or private. Um, so, yeah, you can go either way on it. But, yeah, it's, uh, I use it all the time. I cut it up in chunks. I'll give out maybe a speaker reel for each of the guests on the, on the event. Uh, you can use it any way you want. It's an MP4 video file. Yeah, that's that's really great stuff. What I didn't realize is is the limitations of uh, WebEx or you know the other kind of platforms where you've got limitations on the number of people. I also didn't know you were going to have six to ten thousand people on the virtual sales kickoff. Congratulations, that's phenomenal. But what you're saying is when when you start to develop this thing, you, you not only get all the front end tools. By the way, you you use the term lower thirds. I put a lower thirds on my screen on Blab so that people can see it. This segment is brought to you by Rehearsal.com. It's one of those things where you can put things up on the video screen for people to see, and it makes it very, very easy. The technology is fantastic. Not only can you do all of that, Miles, but you open up unlimited access to all these people uh, for a price. If, if I heard you write $400 a year, I mean, that that's that's you're going to get that money back many, many, many times over, even if you only do two or three webinars in the year. Absolutely right. I mean, I, uh, you know, as I said, I, I mean, I pay still. I mean, keep in mind, I still pay for a thousand seat license on GoToWebinar for some different reasons. But the reality is, Webinar Jam is a very, very powerful tool built by people in marketing for people in marketing. It's, it's, it's a great capability and a lot of really good power behind it. it takes a little bit of time to learn it. You need some coaching in a lot of cases. Um, it's all a web service. It wraps around. Uh, your event, it, it will give you ideas and, and some things you've never even thought about before uh, in your webinar marketing. And as I said, no one's going to argue webinar marketing, webinar broadcasting with video is the number one way to get to your audience with the exception of email. Hey, by the way, if you're listening live on radio or perhaps you're listening to the podcast later in the week, let me give you this link for the virtual sales kickoff from Miles because it's very easy. It's a bit.ly link, so it's http colon slash slash bit dot ly, that's the bit.ly part, forward slash v as in Victor, sk2016. That's vsk2016, which of course stands for virtual sales kickoff 2016. Well, good luck. I know that's going to be a huge event for you guys, and I'm really excited to take a look at Webinar Jam. By the way, if you've got questions about Webinar Jam, you want to learn how to use it, you want to get more details, certainly you can find them online. Where, where's the uh, URL for Webinar Jam, Miles? It's in there right now. Just go to the bit.ly slash learn webinar jam and you're going to get all the information about it. Um, some good pricing, the three ninety seven a year is a promotional price for all the listeners, so uh, they'll be able to enjoy it. So it's just bit.ly slash learn webinar jam. And if you don't understand bit.ly links, bit.ly forward slash learn webinar jam. Great stuff. Miles is the guy that can help you with all of that. He's at fillthefunnel.com at Miles Austin on Twitter. It's been great to have you. We're going to uh, wrap up our show and we're going to come back next week and do it again like we always do. Of course, we're talking about Anthony Iterino and his brand new book. It'd be great to have you. 
special thanks uh, to our engineer making us sound better than we normally do. If you're joining us on the lab, it's great to have you. We're going to see you next Monday. It's Biz Hockey Radio. You can find all the details at BizHockeyRadio.com. I'm Kelly Rick. Thanks. See you next time. Thanks for coming. Thanks for tuning in to Biz Locker Radio with Kelly Riggs. For more compelling interviews and cutting-edge business content, make sure you join us here again next week. Biz Locker Radio airs every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, and 3 p.m. Central Time on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information, visit bizlockerradio.com. Remember, business is a competition. Play to win. Biz Locker Radio is presented by the Business Locker Room. All rights reserved. Opinions expressed by guests on the show may not be the opinions of Business Locker Room Incorporated. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.